Today I'm talking to Terry Vinson. Terry is an amazing cosmetic chemist who has grown a global business over the past 15 years and she tells us how she did it. She talks about her team. She gives you some fantastic advice around how to handle your team, how to grow with an amazing team. And she also gives us some insight into her meeting with Sir Richard Branson on Necker Island. So join in for a great conversation. If you're an ambitious business owner, ready to think big, rewrite your own rules and take action to skyrocket your business know-how, your profit, your cash flow, and most importantly, your free time, then this is the podcast for you. You're listening to the Simply Smarter Numbers podcast, and I'm your host, Jen Waterson. I'm a business profit coach helping business owners just like you make more profit and take back their time. So hit subscribe now and let's dive in. So welcome to the podcast, Terry. Thanks, Jen. Lovely to have a chat with you today. How are you? Yeah, I'm very well, very well. I'm really looking forward to hearing all about you and your business. But for those of you who haven't heard where you are from and about your amazing business, give us a little bit of background, a little bit of a sort of a run over of what it is you do. Well, here's my um, 30 second overview my 30 second story I'm a, I'm a Melbourne girl um, educated in Melbourne uh, I did uh, a science degree way way back in the 80s in immunology and microbiology I am absolutely the biggest science nerd you could ever meet but I also have this passion for the beauty industry um, so even as a little girl I'd, I'd be you know putting nail polish on my walking doll and putting lipstick on her but at the same then when I became a teenager I'd be reading Dolly magazine Lodi probably wouldn't even have heard of that. Oh um, so I used to love Dolly magazine oh, it was Dolly. the best. It was the best <laughs> I got all my makeup hints and skincare hints then anyway I just I love the two um, areas so much. Um, did science teaching for a couple of years realising the teaching profession wasn't exactly for me. I had a serious entrepreneurial streak um, and later went on to um, start my own business. And uh, I was a late bloomer, but we'll talk about that, I'm sure, um, as we go on. Uh, started uh, Synergy over 15 years ago and uh, was had the gift of being able to merge my love of science and also going on to do cosmetic chemistry uh, with the beauty industry and formulate products and hence my business Synergy Skin. Yeah, I love that you've been able to take those two passions and bring them together because if you looked at it from a distance, you, you would say, well, there's science and there's beauty products and the beauty industry and there is really nothing more further apart when you look at it from a surface level perspective but you have found like a great way to bring the two together. Absolutely. And you know what it is, there's so much chemistry in biology, understanding how active ingredients work on the cells of the body and the skin cells and understanding the chemistry of ingredients in a formula and the pH. And it is a pure science. But the end result is not only outer beauty, but unleashing inner beauty and confidence, which is really why I get up in the morning. Yeah, and I love the the term clean science that you use in that space. Can you give us a little bit of an idea of where that term comes from and and is it is it a new category or I mean I guess it's been around for a while now, but is it a was it a new category in the skincare space? 
clean science is is unique. We actually well, I, I IP'd it about mm. just over 10 years ago now. And I think the green and the clean beauty movement was in its early stages. A lot of people were realising um, organic uh, beauty and, and natural beauty was becoming very, very big. But as a scientist and a formulator, I needed to take that to an active results-driven level. And I had um, young, a young daughter, a teenage daughter. I myself was looking for skincare that worked but was really, really safe and effective. Couldn't find it. Couldn't find the evidence-based stuff that was clean. That's so the happens- difference, I suppose, between you and anybody else is you're looking for the evidence. You want, to, you want proof that this stuff actually works and it's not Absolutely. just something that's fancy and smells pretty. Yeah, I, well, I need to be backed by science because if it's not, it's, I'm being a hypocrite to, to what I love. Um, so I was actually in Vegas. This was years ago. I was, I was um, doing a, a seminar with um, some dermatologists and I was with a doctor friend of mine in America and, and this, we just I just stumbled. I said, Synergy really is just clean science. And she said, you need to IP that. And I was like, oh, no way. It's too, too, it sounds like a common phrase. And in the morning I rang my lawyer and my IP lawyer and she said, you can have it. So I quickly snapped that one up and Great. hence the phrase clean science. But I really do believe that Synergy were the pioneers of this movement. A lot of people are doing it now and and um, imitation is the, is the best form of flattery. A lot of people are talking about Absolutely. it. Absolutely. But, um, but I definitely was the pioneer and, and I own the term. In Australia, which I'm very proud of. So yeah. clean science, in terms of what it is, it's it's the, the harnessing the best of what nature can provide, and the best of evidence-based laboratory science, and harnessing those two in synergy without unethical or questionable ingredients, because um, both science and nature can be dangerous. Arsenic's natural, lead's natural, but by the same mm. token, something synthetic like cloning a bacteria in a lab that, and, the, and the bacteria produces anti-inflammatory properties or calms the skin, that's so much better than um, and it's more sustainable than using um, seaweed where the bacteria grows in Europe and, and harvesting that and depleting the coast of seaweed and also having to purify it. So uh, that's evidence-based science to me and I think And it's about finding together. that beautiful balance. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, great. Can you give us an idea of the size of your business? So you've said you've been in business for um, 15 years or so. Mm-hmm. How has the business grown over the last 5, 10, 15 years? Since I began just over 15 years ago, I have experienced double-digit growth every single year um, and uh, the last year has been phenomenal. So I definitely can't complain. Um, one of the things I noticed when the GFC hit in 2008, I had, a, I had a little skin clinic in Melbourne and I had treatments. I had We had laser. I had a wonderful injecting nurse who's still a friend of mine today and I was the formulator of the products and I did the consultations. Um, GFC hit, people would be saying, Terry, I can't afford the treatments, I can't afford um, the laser, but I can't afford not to have the products. And that was such a light bulb moment to me. It was like, I am the formulator of this. I don't, I'm not a beauty therapist. I'm not an injecting nurse. I'm losing money yes. in the treatment side. So I basically gave my database away, sold my laser machine. My my team went their separate ways quite happily and I, I opened um, Synergy then and everything went north from that moment. Well, 
Given the more recent events around the world with COVID, have you had, have you seen any sort of impact on your, or the growth of your business during that time? Are people buying more of your products during that time or is it sort of not much of a change? Uh, huge increase, yeah. huge increase, particularly in the online space. Um, but two things significantly, or three things actually significantly impacted the growth of Synergy through COVID. The first was our ability to be agile and pivot because we're 100% Australian made and owned and vertically integrated in Melbourne. I was able to quickly make sanitizer, WHO approved sanitizer within two weeks. So we knew that we had to stay open and I was able to keep my beautiful team in work. We also made Synergy and made sanitizer for all of Australia, um, the medical and the uh, consumers, and also um, were able to give it away for free when Victoria was in serious lockdown to everybody who ordered. That was the first thing. The second thing, the online space just went through the roof because so many places were closed down through COVID. And the third thing was our beautiful clinics and stockers who stocked and sold Synergy pre-COVID, it was our opportunity to offer training. So we, my BDMs and my educators trained all our clinics during lockdown so they'd be up and running as soon as lockdown was over. So everything went through the roof in terms of the stockers. Oh, so brilliant. So you've, we'll, you've continued to use use the wonderful staff you have around you but you've really sat back and thought how can I make the most of this time that we have available to us and you were in Melbourne building your business so that was a big that's a big great use of use of time and I know I've had a lot of clients myself Terry that I've come across that are about you know say five months into the COVID thing or when we were just sort of starting to come out I'm in Victoria as well Mm -hmm. and I had so many clients say oh if I had just known that we were going to be shut down for this long or if this was going to be I I really would have done this or I could have done that or I would have changed this but a lot of people didn't do it but it sounds to me as though you just said all right well we don't know when this is going to end or what going to happen but let's make the absolute most of the time and this space that we have right now absolutely jen and and that's and i think the minute it hit the, my first my first concern was my team i had to, i had 30 families to feed and oh, yeah. 30 wonderful people to look after so i thought how can i stay open how can i make sure the business is still operating and i was I, i'm not a pessimist by any stroke of the imagination but i do i was looking at the worst case scenario and i had to be equipped i had to have sanitizer i had to have stock um, and I had to be able to pivot really, really quickly. And I know that's a word that's very overly used now, but that's literally how I felt. I remember that first weekend when when um, things were looking quite, quite serious and Victoria was on the brink of lockdown one. Um, I had to procure ethanol to make the sanitizer and it was very hard to get because other people had the same idea. Um, once I managed to get supply, then I was up and running and I knew how I had that secured. But I think you, you can't curl up in a ball and say oh my god this is awful you have to say okay what next and and think what you can do because if you stay stagnant in these times you will regress and um, things will change in the future COVID has changed everything it's it's even the podcast we're doing right now we wouldn't have thought we could do such a diversity of podcasts or work from a remote location it's Mm. it there is there are gifts in this and there are things that we have to realize we can change and and I think um, in this world, you know, there are the people that just do get fearful and, and curl up, but they're the others, including my team, that we all work, move forward as, as a unit and said, what are we going to do next and how are we going to get through this? 
Yeah, perfect. Looping back to when you were in business back in those days when you were consulting 15 years ago or so, as a cosmetic chemist, you've made the choice to change your business up. Like you said, through the GFC, you saw the opportunity there and you went and changed everything that you do. How, and so you've gone from that to formulating your own products. How does that feel to see a product that you have worked so hard to create? How does it feel to see that come to life? It is the biggest rush, Jen. I can't tell you. It's it's um it's so funny when I when I'm even today, I'll I'll have an Excel spreadsheet in front of me and I'll have the ingredients that I want to use and I know why and they're, they're the actives and I have the extra ingredients to stabilize it, to preserve it, to thicken it, and it's like putting together a creation and that is the first point. But you know what? I can see it on the shelf. And and I and going through that process of the of the of the prototypes, um, the small scale production, then the labels and the packaging, and then the launch mm. and taking it to market, and when you actually see people loving it and buying it, and it having an impact on their skin, I, there is no better better place for me as a cosmetic chemist than to see it from inception to being on people's skin. It's it's such a rush. Yeah, and, and these things don't just happen overnight. And I can say too that I actually use your products religiously. Um, I, I hadn't told you that at the very start, but I, no. I, I'm purchasing your products all the time religiously and I use just about everything that you possibly have. And I've actually got a teenage son who the other day said to me, oh, you know, can you get me something? And I thought I'm going to have a look at um, what it is that you offer in that regard as well, whether you do or not. I haven't quite got there yet. But we can talk. We can definitely talk about. We that. can definitely <laughs> talk about that. <laughs> and and the products and the way they make my skin feel is amazing. I love it. I'm forty six, nearly forty seven years old. So you know you're getting to that point in life where things do start to change, and you do become more conscious of how your skin is aging and and how things feel and when they when you put them on your skin and you start to really think quite deeply about, you know, is this the best stuff that I can be using? And and I discovered Synergy Skin a couple of years ago, even th- maybe even three years ago, and I've been using it religiously since. So I can vouch for it and say that it is amazing stuff. So for you to be able to see that process from idea through all the artistry that it takes for you to put it on the shelf and then get some great feedback from people, it must i it's the one thing i wish i had done in my life is to be able to create something to get that feeling of wow there it is from idea to actual creation and sitting on a shelf but it doesn't happen overnight does it terry there's a lot of different stages and possibly some heartbreak along the way when things just don't go your way or to plan well I, you know what? I love the mistakes, Jen, um, and, and a lot of people say, oh, you know, it must be frustrating. It is very rare, although recently a um, couple of my formulas we've, we've virtually got 100% right first time, but it is rare to get a formula perfect the first time. It's not about the active ingredients often. It's about the, it might be, uh, the essential oils may be mixed in, a, we need to tweak that, we may need to thicken it, we may need to add emulsify. There are so many ways of, of improving it. Um, but 
you know, it, it is a process and it takes, we also have an ISO accredited lab. So when we're doing it, even if it is perfect, we still have to put into stability for six months minimum. You, nine, it's nine months minimum from inception to release. And you put it through freezing, thawing, heating, centrifuging, um, all sorts of rigorous um, tests to make sure that it's fit for market. So um, being a bit of an impatient person like I am, I, in the early days it wasn't such a long process because we didn't have the ISO lab. This was 15 years ago when I had it made in a compounding chemist um, facility. But now because we are global, it is a process and we have to make sure that when what is taken to market is is right um but you know it's that's what we do and all those mistakes along the way and all the prototypes get you one step closer to the perfect formula or not perfect i hate that word the best formula yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and how do you even go from being in a consulting business and seeing beautiful clients and having wonderful staff but being very hands-on to the idea of changing everything up and formulating products how do you actually do it you know if there's anybody out there that's listening that has these like amazing ideas or wants to really change up what it is they're doing where do you even start is it is it about um getting advice from other experts in the industry because you're like in a big warehouse now you've gone from like a little consulting business to a huge warehouse and you're creating these amazing products is it legal teams that you start with is it accountants is it industry experts where do you even start way back then well way back then I was the graphic designer the formulator the the sales rep um the accountant because I didn't have the money for that I had to it was it was nothing for me to get on a plane and I did do it I had one warm lead wasn't even a hot lead a warm lead in Canberra I got on a plane packed my bag full of my samples and took the punt and um, sometimes they'd say yes, sometimes they'd say no. I was completely unknown then and, and mm. there was a risk for them to take a brand, an unknown brand on. Um, and Google and social media and all that stuff was way less prominent yeah, back it was in only, those days. So was, was big then but you really yeah. Googling was, was very new. Um, I, I think, um, you know, I, was, I actually was a formulator when I had the little clinic um, yeah. and, I, and I'd done my qualification but I think for anybody out there who wants to start something like what I'm doing, you, if you want to be the formulator of the range, you absolutely have to do the study and do the hard yards. I, I'm a great believer in, in, you know, a formulator is something that somebody that knows about products from the actives right through to every single ingredient and how to do it. Um, and I did the degree, then I did the postgrad formulated chemistry qualification and then all that experience in the lab over the years as well. Um, I think that's imperative. So um, I, do, I think, you know, you have to do the hard yards but you also have to know what you can do yourself. And the first thing you start to outsource is what you either can't do, can't do well, or hate doing. And and that's how I kind of gradually grew the business. So you have been outsourcing. How do you even start? Like where do you, where are you kind of, where's your head when you're thinking about outsourcing? When, look, I love to keep, now I love to keep things in-house because I think that nobody knows the brand and nobody has greater engagement with the brand than people who actually work in what I call the synergy family. But there are certain things 
as, as we develop um, that we need to outsource and even things at the beginning. So the first thing I outsourced way, way back was, was accounting. Then obviously um, IT skills, um, graphic design was really, really important. Um, but I, I just, I did it very, very gradually. And, and I don't think that you can, you can do it all. You have to grow organically. So you were talking about growing organically. If we're talking about growing organically, how do we know where to start? Like, did, was it really obvious for you to say, okay, well, now the accountants, that's the first one that I want to um, outsource to? Was that kind of the obvious place to start? That was the obvious place to start because that was definitely my biggest weakness. Um, but also, um, I didn't have great skills in logistics and procurement of packaging. And that was another big fear. In fact, my first client, my, my biggest client in, in Melbourne, uh, wanted to take on my products in her clinic in Cairns. And that was a fear I had. I thought, I have no idea how to supply outside of my own little clinic. I don't understand packaging. I mean, this is, this is a, yeah. you know, 12 years ago. And so I, I, I employed somebody to actually help me with that part of the business and help me um, procure the packaging. So I think, and, and again, it's an organic um, growth. And I think I'm, I'm a great believer in, in growing slowly, not um, taking too many risks financially and reinvesting the money in the business. Um, yeah. You know, I, I, I'm not one to, to go hard. Um, I, I am actually impatient in terms of results, but that's I, I, I'm impatient in terms of getting products to market. But in terms of the growth of the business, I, I see where I want to be, um, but you realise that in this day and age, you can't predict. I mean, look at COVID, look what that's done to all Absolutely. the businesses. You almost, yeah. you almost have to look almost a year in ahead, have, have a great big grand picture of five years, but you have to be totally agile and decide if things change in a year, you, you, can, you can completely pivot again. Yeah, something I've worked on with uh, a lot of businesses is, and, and those bigger businesses that may have some staff but are looking at growing and growing and changing things even further is to kind of get that little bit of a um, a structure, like a written visual structure of where it is, as in the teams that we want to employ potentially, the people, the specialists that we need to employ going forward and literally draw that up, you know, at some point, do I know that I might need to put in a general manager to take over a certain aspect of the business? Do I know that I may need to get a logistics person to take over this part of the business? And by drawing up that kind of organisational structure, even though it may not actually work that way, it just helps, I find, to give you, as you're growing, a little bit of perspective on how big it is, um, how big a deal it is to employ all of these different people and, and gives you a chance to just stand back and, and just select the most appropriate people for what it is that you're going through right now in your business. Absolutely. I mean, when it started, it was basically me creating products, getting them packaged. Yeah, you're calling all the shots, I'm imagining. I, will, I was. Um, and, and I had a beautiful girl who was able to help fill. And then I had a, a lab manager as well. And I had my, my operations manager. And then we started getting um, more diverse. With uh, We had a small marketing um, team, one person in marketing, one person on customer service. And then I had to be all over all those departments all the time, plus formulating. I thought, this is ridiculous. Mm. 
I needed a general manager and my accountant at the time was so curious about every element of synergy and was all over everything like I was. And she was the obvious choice for general manager. Oh, and um, at the time she thought, oh, I'm, I'm not up for this. I'm, I know she had so many self-doubts. She is now the most amazing general manager. She's She's been doing her job with, with me for, for years now and all over everything. So you have mm. to, it's almost like you know when the right time is, but you also have to find the right person. And definitely don't rush the big roles. Um, sometimes people get desperate and they go, oh, I need this and I need this person. I need a general manager if you get those those critical roles wrong it can damage your business so profoundly you're better off doing it yourself or outsourcing for a little while until you get that right person um that's that's really um, that's really great advice that you don't often hear a lot is the damage that can happen when you do get those decisions wrong Yes, yeah, and mm. and I think one of the mistakes I made, I didn't make, I, I got the right general manager and that was a critical role, but way back at the start um, when I'd interview, I used to interview on skill sets primarily and then sometimes, you know, if I liked them, but everybody puts their best foot forward in interview, we know that, but I've learned how to drill down and a couple of questions I ask now to find out if they're a cultural fit with the group because yeah, if really the group important. dynamic is off, the business is off and I now employ more for cultural fit obviously they need the the skills that that are required for the role but if they haven't got all the skills I'm not so upset about it we can teach that but we can't teach cultural fit we can't teach values so that's another thing I've learned about about getting the best people in the in the team yeah building a great team around you just allows and we we discussed this um, before we started recording we were talking about how you can grow a business in a way that allows you to have options and take advantage of different opportunities and things like that. And when you surround yourself with the right people over a period of time that you trust that they are going to do the absolute best for the business, it allows you then as the owner and the founder of the business to take take a step back here or there or, or go away for an extended period of time. Tell us a little bit about how the right team has changed your life and your lifestyle. I have had a big shift in my lifestyle, I would say, in the last two years. Um, I now have a team of people at Synergy. I've got over about 30, just under 35 people in total and they are incredibly dedicated. And delegation to me was the key. It's letting go of those things that you, you think you, you know best but you yeah. really don't and finding those people. And I am just, I'm so grateful for the gift they have given me, which is their dedication and their expertise. And um, and also, you know, obviously with COVID, uh, working remotely, a lot of us, I, I, I was working remotely for a period too, and I was in constant contact with my team. And now it enables me to have that time away, to have the choices of where I want to work from. Still, still obviously go back in the office um, on, re- on a regular basis, but I don't need to be there every working day. They've got this and I know they've got this. And to actually say I've got someone, I've got a huge lab team now, I actually don't work in the lab anymore. But I've, my, my R&D manager is amazing. We just work in, in such harmony. She knows exactly what I'm thinking half the time and I'll give her the spreadsheet of the formula and, and, what, and she'll create that, that formula I've written down to perfection. So I, I just, I don't know, 
um, how I can stress this enough, but it, unless you let go, you will never grow. That's what you have yeah. to do. Yeah. Great piece of advice. And delegation, some people find it really hard. I myself have always been a little bit of a control freak and always had trouble letting go, but I've I've worked out how to do it these days. I know you said before that that was tough for you to do as well. When we were talking earlier on, you said that, you know, delegation was one of the big things that you had to get your head around. How good does it feel though, once you know that you can delegate and is there any sort of advice that you can give anybody that really needs to just let go because it's not so easy as just to say just give it to somebody else you know no look it's not and I was the big things for me and still are was education and formulating and being in the lab and that sort of constant touching and feeling and, and tweaking the formulas and letting go of education was really hard um, to, to, to have a, a global educator in the team. Um, and, and I still look, I still do, I love my management meetings and we all have input there, but I think what I would advise people is say is to to say this is this is your ability to work above the business you think of think of your business as an umbrella with all these wonderful panels and each panel is a skill you might have you might have control in each of those areas but if you stay if you sit on the tip of the umbrella and look down you will it will be so beautiful it can move it can swing it can open but if you're if you're inside that umbrella it won't be able to move as effectively so so be that be the tip of the umbrella and look down and see all those beautiful panels working together in harmony. I love that. That is such a good way to think about delegating and bringing your team together and getting them to work together. Yeah, I love that. And Mm. it's a colourful umbrella too. It's one of those ones with about... 10 different colours and every colour is a completely is. different skill set. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. It's a, a great visual. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a big visual learner so yeah, I really like that one. Yeah. Let's go over to one other little thing that I wa- really wanted to ask you about. I know that you have met Sir Richard Branson. Tell me about that. <laughs> I'm just like, oh, my God, I'm just like fangirling. He was amazing, but it was really interesting. It was a um, I'm a member of a wonderful women's networking group called Business Chicks, and yeah, and I had the they are the so good. I know. Yeah, you're a member too. Aren't yeah, you? I am. Yeah, yeah, it's great. So um, it was actually a situation where I was um, many many times I was um, I had the opportunity not many times a couple of times but the time wasn't right, and it, to go to Necker Island with a, with a group of um, of other business chicks. And I must admit, at the time, I was going, oh, my gosh, I'm going to meet Richard Branson. It was all about meeting Sir Richard. Yeah. And the funny thing is, well, two things struck me about that trip to Necker. It was not actually meeting Richard that was the thing I took away. It was meeting the other women and the speakers and the profound impact their stories and the connection had on me. But secondly, yes, we met Richard. He was there every every day. He was at the gym. He would have dinner with us. He's such a lovely man. He, the thing that struck me about Richard Branson is why he's so successful. It's his curiosity. He asked questions. And I remember I was sitting in the spa with him and with a number of other women. And don't take this. Not, not too many people can say that. <laughs> But continue. So, so anyway, it was really funny because we were all sitting in the spa and not to not to take this out of context, his beautiful wife was was just at the bar yep. chatting with us as well. Anyway, so I, I asked him what was his fork in the road moment um, in terms of business and 
and he was talking about Virgin Records and he was talking about translating that to the airline industry. Mm-hmm. We had a lovely chat. Anyway, he said, so, Terry, what was your fork in the road moment? And I'm thinking, you're kidding. Richard Branson wants to know about me. But And then wow. he asked the other girl who was there about her business. And, and I, th- then I re- it, was my, it was my kind of aha moment. That's why he's so successful. He is curious. He wants to know about everyone else. And do you ever, ever met those people? You'll go out, you meet them the first time, and they just talk about themselves the whole yeah. time. And they yeah. don't ask the other person one single question about what they do. Yeah, right. So he's living life from the outside in. He's looking out at everybody else and he's like, he's soaking up all of that and possibly just, yeah, taking the really good stuff and taking the ideas because that's how we all grow ultimately at the end of the day, isn't it? Is by just sort of um, putting, allowing ourselves to have those conversations with people that have been there, done it, or have different experiences. And, and stay curious. Yeah, um, you know, stay I, curious. I know that, um, again, I'll go back to my general manager. She is an accountant by profession, but she's one of the most curious people I've ever met. She wants to know everything about why Why did I add that thickener at, at, mm. at 0.5% instead of 0.8? And why, and why is um, the graphic design on the website like this? I mean, I love this woman. And I know yeah. I'm giving her the biggest rap. She'll probably get embarrassed if she hears this podcast. <laughs> but, but I love that about people. I love curious people um, because that's how we learn and that's how we grow. Oh, great. Yeah, that's a re- that's some really good insight into the way Richard Branson thinks and can work a room, I suppose. It's like having you open up yeah, and finding and he's out quite the things shy. that he's he's not he's he? not a yeah. he's not an extrovert at all. He um he loves a one-on-one. I, 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 that's what I noticed about him. He doesn't like yeah. the big groups. He's not a showman. Um, a lot of what we see in the media is is possibly what what the media portrayed, but the Richard Branson that I know is somebody who's humble and curious and a gentleman. Yeah, great. And meeting all of those wonderful women on that trip must have been just the most awesome, oh, unforgettable experience. Certainly was. I mean, I'm, we're, I'm still very, very close to many of them to this day um, from interstate, um, catching up with a beautiful girl, Amy, from South Australia in the next few months for the launch of her business um, and just, you know, um, Alex Tempany has the wonderful jewellery company and that really um, went on to the next level after Necker Island. So it was, they, that was just an incredible time and I would recommend if, if it comes up again, I know COVID's put a bit of a dampener on this, but if anybody yeah. gets that opportunity, please take it. Yeah, great advice. Yeah. Now, one last thing before we finish up, you have a wonderful, beautiful book. Tell us about your book. My third child, Jen. <laughs> I love it. I've got it. I have read just about all of it. I'm getting towards the end now, but I'm really, I'm just enjoying soaking it up. But yeah, tell everybody about it. Thank you. Well, it was nine months in the making, which I call my, that's why I call it my third child. And I was just like with the skincare, I couldn't find what I needed on my skin way, way back when, and my, my children's skin. I, I couldn't find anything to educate the consumer about what really goes into skincare, what's going on with their skin and trying to demystify 
the science, but also to debunk the myths. And I was so sick of all these myths around, you know, surrounding so many areas, collagen, um, hyaluronic acid, all these ingredients that some are great. Hyaluronic acid is a great ingredient, but it doesn't penetrate to the deeper part of the skin. But I just needed to explain all that in a really simple, simple way. So I, I liken it to um, to a book written by a, a science teacher that you get on really well with that explains it really easily. <laughs> Which it actually is. That is exactly what it is. So I am not interested in science per se, you know, like as in learning all of the intricate details, but the way you've explained it in the book just makes it so easy for me to go to my girlfriends, for example, and say, oh, you need to be using this and this is why, not just you need to use this product full stop. Thank you. Thank you. And that's, and that, You, you, that's music to my ears. The why? Yeah. It's the why. It's it's. You can't just say to to a woman, you need vitamin B serum. It'll no. change your skin. Here you go. You need to explain why to use it. That it'll help with luminosity. That it'll help with pigmentation. It'll it'll remove the fine lines over time. If if they understand why, they'll be more engaged to use it. Nobody's you know. If somebody says just go just go do Pilates, that's it. Yeah. But if they explain why Pilates is amazing, they're much more likely to do it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's a great book. I do I really you. enjoy reading it. I'm so glad you've put that out. I have not ever come across anything like it before, but um, it's definitely worth the read. And the name is Skin Formation. Where did the name come from? Skin Formation is really paying homage to my clinic uh, back in the day in Campbell that I first started where I did the consulting and started formulating um, so it was, I actually opened the clinic, um, just before my 40th birthday and I'm now 57. Um, so that was a very, very special clinic and that gave me all the R and D that I needed back then. Yeah. And it's just been an incredible journey for me. And so I wanted to honor, um, skin formation and, and it's about informing, and reforming and transforming the skin, giving information about the skin, but it's basically a clean science guide to having the best skin you can. Yeah. The other thing that I've got to say about the book that I love uh, is that you're telling people what you must be doing. I love your ABC sort of um, the way you explain that, which we probably won't go into right now, but you definitely need to get the book and find out, you know, what that kind of means. But then how you can then layer it with other products you know so if you can't afford to do everything right now you don't have the time to do everything right now you've kind of helped people to understand what the must do's are and then how we can layer it from there as we you know grow our businesses and and we make more money and we can spend more time doing the the things that we want to do such as taking care of our skin you know that in itself taking care of your skin is definitely part of my ultimate lifestyle goal it's one part of that and growing your business to a point where we can afford not just the time but you know to spend a couple of dollars here and there on these amazing products but know that we're actually spending it on something that's really going to work it just gives us a whole different level of confidence it does and 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 I loved your final word, confidence, and that's why yeah. I do it. And, it, you know, you may address um, some sunspots or the, on the face or reduce wrinkles around the eyes, but it's not just the physical change. It's that inner confidence that you it, – it's that intangible quality. And and that's why I get up in the morning. It's it's that woman that 
did, you know, had lacking in confidence who didn't want to go out and all of a sudden her mm. skin feels better and looks better and she's got the confidence. Um, that's how I can play my part. I mean, there's some amazing people in the world. There's, there's brain surgeons, there's rocket scientists. I just make skincare and that's my bit and I try and do it to the best I can. Well, I highly recommend it to anybody who's listening as I do the book and I'll put all of the details for where you can find it in the show notes. Where can people find you though, just before we finish up? I have a website, uh, terryvinson.com, um, and products, um, synergyskin.com, so you can find a stockist or you can also go online and purchase Synergy online. So a few ways, and Insta and Facebook, of course. But, yeah, and uh, the book's available um, through Amazon or also in all the good bookstores. Perfect. Thank you so much for joining me today. Sorry, oh yeah, Jen. Booktopia <laughs> is yeah, yeah I think yeah. where I got mine. It's yeah. a it's you, a great Jen. book. Thanks so much for coming on the podcast. It's been really great having a conversation with you. So wherever you are listening from in the world, I hope you have a wonderful week and we will talk again very, very soon. Thanks, Terry. Thanks, Jen. Thank you for joining me for this episode of Simply Smarter Numbers. If you enjoyed the show, make sure you subscribe so you automatically get new shows every week. And I'd love to hear from you. Come and join the conversation online. You'll find Simply Smarter Numbers on Instagram, Facebook, and more. Just head to simplysmarternumbers.com and you'll find all that you need there. Simply Smarter Numbers is dedicated to you getting the results that you deserve in your business. And I'm honored that you tuned in.